0: Hi, this is Kim Stinger, Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek Continues. All hailing frequencies are now open for the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith.
1: biggest little show this side of the alpha quadrant. Welcome one and all to Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast. I am your slightly frozen co-host Bill Smith. Yes, it's pretty cold up here in New England this Valentine's Day weekend as we record this, so wherever you are, we hope you're all uh not frozen to death like my co-host and I are. And speaking of which, I'd like to bring in my co-host at this time. He's recently been rescued from the surface of Alpha-177 because we finally got the transporter working. He's the mostly frozen and hypothermic Dan Davidson. And, Dan, welcome aboard. I hear that heating rocks with hand phasers doesn't really work all that well, huh?
0: No, I kept blowing them up, actually. So Then I ran out of rocks to heat with my hand phaser. I liked how they were always able to do that very quickly. Hey, I got a question. Since you're frozen, are you going to sing Let It Go for us? I was going to work
1: in a Let It Go. Uh, okay. But you you just stole my You Oh you it. can
0: still do it, man. Oh that that'll be like that'll be like you know, there's so there's episodes that are way up here and then whatever episode you do then it it'll just be a step above.
1: Because okay. you've got a
0: melodic voice, mister.
1: <laughs> At least you didn't try to use the word mellifluous again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir.
1: Well, Dan, we are uh, trying to stay warm as best we can, like Sulu in The Enemy Within, as I referenced <laughs> in your intro. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to do that today, talking about some fun stuff.
0: Very fun stuff. Yes. Why don't you tell us about it? No, we first. Well, okay, we'll tell you now. Then we'll get to Star Trek news. We had a very unique opportunity uh, not too long ago to visit Disruptor Beam's uh, offices to see what they are doing with the Star Trek Timelines game.
1: (laughs) It's a shame you're not excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as uh, as many folks know, we had the opportunity to meet a bunch of the people when we were in Vegas, and we've stayed in contact. And since we're uh, all located in New England, uh, we had the invite. So you and I went down one day and and uh, had a great time and had some uh, great discussion.
1: We did. We got the chance to uh, to sit down, and you were giddy like a school kid all the way down there. I I'd, I almost couldn't deal with you in the car. Thank God I drove.
0: Yeah, you did have to punch <laughs> me a couple of times.
1: Uh, Yeah, and I enjoyed every minute of it, too. Uh, But we've got that coming up later on. Dan, in the meantime, why don't you tell the folks at home how they can get in touch with us?
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, there's always ways to get in touch with us, and we love to hear from you folks. uh, On Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, our handle is TrekGeeks, and you can also send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, please do so by calling 508-784-1701. Uh, just remember that any comments or messages you leave us in any of those spots uh, may be used in a future episode. And you can also leave us comments in our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer, and we'll let you right in and you can partake in the frivolity.
1: Wow. Uh-huh. I didn't know we had frivolity going on. I'm going to have to I talk to the ad. I
0: open today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about some recent Star Trek news, as is our want to do. Dan, there's there's been a couple of big announcements this week in the Star Trek world. Not the least of which is news about the new series, which is now eleven months away.
0: Exactly, um, and it was huge news. I think that um, we've talked about the the kind of the negativity and the and the. This isn't going to work comments that have come out since they announced that the uh, series was going to happen. But uh, recently, they have announced that Brian Fuller is going to be the showrunner and co-creator of the new Star Trek series. Um, And the online response has been incredibly positive. And we both agree it is the best possible move and the best news to come out um, for anything Star Trek related in a while. This is big stuff.
1: It really is. It's it's exciting. It's interesting because most of the negativity has gone away with this announcement regarding Brian Fuller. Mm-hmm. And there are still some people who are convinced that it just can't be great news because it's going to be the JJ-verse or it's going to be something they don't want. And nobody has any details yet. Right,
0: right. Um, <clears throat> it has been uh, very interesting to see – uh, all of the positive sides. And we've, like I said, we've talked about it and it just seems to always be negative, negative. And it's been nothing but positive, positive, positive. There's been a couple while well, it's still going to be on CBS all access and we're still going to have to pay for it, whatever. Um, But it's, it's great news. Um, Ever since his early days with deep space nine and, and then Voyager, he has, he has always done a magnificent job. Uh, And I think, It is, I don't, I can't really think of anyone who could be better suited to be leading this than him.
1: No, I agree with you. I mean, because not only does he bring, you know, Trek cred to the table, Mm -hmm. but he has been the creator and showrunner of several, you know, acclaimed series, you know, like Wonder Falls or Dead Like Me or even most recently Hannibal on NBC, Mm -hmm. which was all him, which was a wonderful take on the whole Hannibal Lecter character. Yeah. It was, it was messed up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, I'll be I honest. He brings some of that psychosis to the show. It'll be great.
1: Well, <laughs> he he definitely brings some some authority and some gravitas and Trek knowledge. So yep. where it goes from here, nobody knows. I mean, he could have marching orders from Kurtzman, who appears at this point is just going to be a name only guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's not going to be involved with day to day, and and Fuller's getting co creator credit. So that tells me that you know, he's going to have a direct hand in what this is about and when it takes place.
0: I agree. I
1: I, I just hope it's, I hope he, he doesn't rely upon his old star Trek reliant idea, because that would mean my favorite YouTube series of all time with captain miles. O'Brien could be shut down as a result.
0: Anytime, any, uh, anything, uh, stops with star Trek. We got to be sad, but I don't know if I'd be so sad with that one because, uh, we can look forward to some good stuff. Uh, on CBS all access starting next year. I, I can't
1: wait for the premiere of this series. Now I, I have, I had hope before I am now eagerly anticipating the new series and to see what Brian Fuller
0: gives us. Yeah. One of the things that's cool is now that all the positive things are starting to come out in in uh, Facebook and on Twitter and stuff, there's rumors. Of course, rumors abound. One of the ones that I actually looked at and liked and would actually be very open to seeing is somebody keeps posting that they would love to see Angela Bassett as captain of whatever starship this show is going to be on.
1: Well, and Fuller said that at one point, too, and I think that was a reference to the Reliant idea that he had in the J.J. verse. Gotcha. Gotcha. But he was talking cool. about possibly Angela Bassett as captain or maybe Rosario Dawson, who's a big Trek fan as mm-hmm. as, a, as a senior bridge officer or something like that. So time will tell.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it.
1: So, in other incredibly positive news, um, the fan film Star Trek Horizon has a release
0: date. Yeah, and it's right around the corner, too. Uh, February 28th, uh, 14 days from this day of recording. Uh, So, we got two weeks till we get to see that. There's been a couple of trailers that have been released in the past or a couple of scenes. Uh, And you mentioned to me this morning that there was just a brand new one that came out a couple of days ago. Uh, we got to, or I got to watch it this morning before we started the podcast. And it really, really looks interesting.
1: I have to agree. And, you know, you and I had talked about before how we had watched the initial scene that was released and we were kind of lukewarm on it. Right. And personally for me, I think that's because I was in post prelude to Axanar glow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it it wasn't quite the same thing. And so maybe I was... I I didn't give it the attention it deserved. And I went back recently and rewatched that opening scene and it's really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the, the, their website has a lot of uh, uh, great stuff on it as well as um, the, the two and a half minute trailer, I believe it is for the film takes place during enterprise uh, or after enterprise um, with the NX class of starships and, and one of the things that I always look forward to when we're looking at these projects is how the special effects and the exterior shots look. And man, does this look absolutely beautiful.
1: It, it really does everything from, you know, the, the planet side stuff that we saw this morning to the graphics, to the transporter effect, which is, we both know is one of the things I look at first. Yep. Everything looks like it ought to, which really is impressive. And it, and, the thing is, they really did this on a shoestring budget.
0: Oh gosh, half a shoestring budget. Yeah, uh, which we'll probably get into uh, later on down the road when we, I'm sure we're going to do a review of of the uh, of the movie. Uh, it looks cinema quality from what we've seen so far.
1: It sure does. So two weeks from from the recording of this podcast, so the twenty eighth. Of February, the last day of the month, Star Trek Horizon will be released to the masses, and I, for one, can't
0: wait. And I'm right there with you.
1: (laughs) Recently, you and I got the chance to have a little bit of an away team mission, and we climbed into my car and we drove outside of Boston down to visit some friends of ours, didn't we?
0: We did, and I'm going to preface this by saying people who don't live in the Boston area, um, traffic here is really horrible. (laughs) (laughs) As we found out on the way back, uh, it was about a 20-minute drive from where we met to get to the studio, and it took about 45 to 50 minutes to get back from the studio to where my car was. So, yeah, that was not good. But anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, we had a great time. As mentioned earlier, we got to meet the uh, Disruptor Beam folks out in Vegas, and they are a great bunch of people. And the potential of the game when we saw it in Vegas was really something. Uh, we stayed in touch with them. Uh, their head marketing person, Alicia, is just a wonderful person, and and we've been in contact several times. And we got the invite to go down there uh right after the game got released so it was it's it was, it's still fresh it's still fresh right now but it was really fresh when we went down um we have a um past uh timelines episode that everybody can listen to uh episode 22 we had the lead designer Tim Crosby and principal game designer David Heron on the show uh talking about the game and what was being planned as it was going through its beta phase uh and it's great to keep this relationship going and have we had a great time down at the studio
1: We really did, and then we followed that up in Vegas. You know, so we were out there for your first STLV, and we got invited to test drive the game while we were there, yeah. which was exciting all on its own, because you know, we mentioned at the time that we truly could have played all day, and yeah. knowing yeah. you, you probably are still playing all day now. <laughs> in fact, Dan, put your phone down, we're we're recording. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but then we also wound up in their Vegas highlight video, which surprised both of us. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and. You know, which I'm I'm incredibly grateful and flattered for because, I mean, we're just two guys, you know, who like Star Trek.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, it was it, – I remember the day that that came out, and I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was uh, high-quality, you know, video, and, and we could see a lot of part of the game and interviews. Uh, it was really something. Um, so hats off to uh, Disruptor Beam and many thanks for including us in that. Um, but, Bill, let's uh, – Let's talk about what we thought when we first got to the headquarters at Disruptor Beam, because I know it was kind of special. Uh, we saw some special things right when we walked in, didn't we? Oh,
1: well, right when we walked in. I mean, the captain's chair from the bridge of the original Enterprise is right there in the lobby. Yeah. And, you know, she's she's seen some wear and tear because thousands of people have sat in it at this point because they brought it to conventions and stuff. But, you know, anytime you get the opportunity to sit in the captain's chair, I'm sorry. <laughs> You take the opportunity to sit in the captain's chair.
0: You do. And you did.
1: <laughs> and I did. Quite quickly. Uh, yeah, I, and they had to pry me out of it, quite frankly. <laughs> the other thing they had, which I love, was the uh, the old Star Trek strategic Operations simulator arcade game over yes. in the corner of the office. Unfortunately, yep. it's not working.
0: Yeah, but I think you're going to get down there with a pair of pliers and a screwdriver uh, and get that bad boy up and running. And a pocket
1: full of quarters. My God, man.
0: <laughs> um that's one of the things uh that i really liked about the visit is of course we got a, a great tour of the facility and we saw all the people huddled at their machines working on stuff um star trek references everywhere um one of the um things that i liked most is when we were walking by uh a group of of uh, engineers working on the game just to hear the star trek talk the guy was like ah oh, I can't get this vedic's uniform to look just quite right, and it, it, it's just like what, what, uh, okay. <laughs> something that you don't uh, um, see or hear very often. Um, so it was cool, and and the place is really neat. It's Got a lot of cool stuff around it.
1: it. Everybody there was was super focused. You know, they are they truly are working hard. I mean, granted, they do more than just timelines there. They have their Game of Thrones ascent game, but you know they they are working hard every day and they care about this content that they're putting out. So yep. this isn't just a fly by night operation. These are fans. And I think that's what impressed me the most.
0: Right. It was very, yeah, the, you can, they're pouring their heart and soul into it and you can see it um, in the game, but you can also see it when you're there watching them work. Um, so we had a, a really great time uh, with the tour. And then we went into their main boardroom uh, or conference room and we got to sit down uh, and have a very, very, Intense conversation with CEO John Radoff, and Alicia was sitting there uh, as well, the head of marketing, and she's she's a wonderful person. Um, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna play that uh, interview for you. I will say right up front, um, the very first question that I asked John was basically, "What has the response been like, uh, and what makes this game different than other mobile games?" But my astute engineering genius partner here forgot to press the record button until John was five seconds into his answer. So we're going to start that interview with him already talking about uh, his thoughts on that question. Right, Bill? He, he, yes, Dan. <laughs> and in my defense, you
1: have to press the record button twice. Oh, and okay. I forgot that. So I maybe
0: next time I'll have to slap you twice. Okay, on All to right. the interview. All right. Enjoy the interview with John Radoff uh, from Disruptor Beam.
2: Performs iOS and Android, so we're getting a lot of different kinds of people playing it. Uh, I think for Star Trek fans that really want to reconnect with that nostalgia of all the lore, all the content, all the episodes, seven 700 plus episodes worth of content that we've got, it's a game that really does that. It's because you're going to be able to meet all the characters, you're going to be able to have all these sort of almost um, um, fantasy sports is kind of the analogy but the dream team of crew <laughs> that you've always thought of I, I think when I was growing up we were always thinking about stuff like well, what if Kirk had data or what if you know, he put all these interesting combinations together what would that have been like yeah. would they have resolved a situation differently and, and it's a game that now lets you do that um, you know, so I think for people that like strategy, like collecting, like exploring like looking at stuff those people love the game. It does everybody in the world love it? No. Some people, you know, wanted an action game or something that was more like shoot 'em up style, mm-hmm. or kind of micromanaging characters and stuff. And there are great games out there for that. This isn't that. But if, like I said, if you like collecting, you like more of the strategic level, if you want to feel more in the role of a starship captain, making decisions about what kind of crew you're going to combine together, then mm-hmm. then it's a really fun game, especially yep. if you just. Uh, Seen a lot of these episodes and you get to kind of reacquaint yourself with these characters
0: again I always look forward to when I'm starting a new story or chapter of the story is what voices you've thrown in I know of course we got John Delancey who does an awesome job as Q and he's got all the new dialogue but seeing what you've pulled in from the various shows for different characters like Spock or, or, or Kirk or not, that's always that's always fun. One of the things that I like most about it, which which you just pointed out, is I remember when I was a kid, I would have those kid books where you're reading along and it says, if you're going to do this, go to page 27. Sure, if you're gonna do your own this, this. adventure. Yep. Yeah, those are awesome. And I think that's one of the things I like most about this. I'll sit there and I'll look at what you have to choose, whether it be sciences or... or um, I'll use the, the figures, the phaser or the, the Federation seal or whatever, and I'll sit there, and I've done it 10 minutes at a time, where I'm going to sit there and I'm just going to choose <laughs> and see what's going to look best in terms of what different attributes are going to be added. Um, and it, that's what I think of when I'm doing those those missions, is turn, the turn to the page, yeah. whatever books I want. Uh,
2: definitely was intentional. I, th- yeah. I think a lot of game designers have been influenced by the idea of, of choose-your-own-adventure yep. books, whether it was us in our first game with Game of Thrones Ascent, which also has a similar kind of dialogue mechanic, or companies like BioWare that have kind of created the ability to explore different plot lines and have different dialogues with characters. We've really been trying to bring more of that depth and storytelling and narrative into mobile gaming, which I think is there's just a big opportunity there to make mobile games more than just sort of quick candy games make them something where there really is a story and you're you're connected emotionally to characters and plots and outcomes and stuff like that yeah. so I'm glad that you, you enjoyed that part that I, I think I read every Choose Your Own Adventure book as a kid apparently that lives on within the things
0: we're oh doing. yeah absolutely
1: so how many at this point I mean obviously we've we, it's been out for a couple of weeks how many different missions are there at this point point? and then what's the plan for future expansion?
2: Uh, that's a good question. I don't even know what the count of missions are. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. I yeah, mean, just
1: playing it at a you know, at a neophyte level myself over the last couple of weeks, because I've never been a huge gamer per se, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh my God, there's so much to do. And you start to wonder, it's like, well, there's something to do there, there's something to do here, there's something to do over there. You start to wonder, how much is there to start with, and then where does it go from here?
2: Yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to be... There's a lot to begin with, yeah. and you'd have to be you know, extremely dedicated to work your way through all the stuff that's already there. And then on top of that, every mission has additional difficulty levels. Right. Yeah. And some of that opens up new dimensions, because solving them at the higher difficulty levels becomes a lot more strategic in terms of what kind of crew you're going to need to complete things. Mm-hmm. So just that alone is a huge multiplier effect on the content that's available, but we'll be continuing to add content too. So we have content in a relatively short term where we're going to be adding more episodes, more, you know, things to do with factions, more,
0: more crew, like all that stuff is being added to the game yeah. as we speak. Factions are an interesting part, also, which one that I'm still learning a lot about. But um, I went through the other night, and I just I went to the faction page and I just kept scrolling. I <laughs> wanted to see all the different ones. How many are there right now? There's a couple dozen, I think, is it, aren't there? Uh, Is yeah,
2: it, is, it, it, is it only twelve? I, for, like I forget the exact count. It's on the order of a dozen. A dozen, okay. My favorite, course, i always looking. I'm always trying to find things for the mirror universe because i want to be friendly with them play that <laughs> well that's what's cool about the game is you can you can sort of play as if you are yes. a mirror universe captain in fact you could collect a whole crew full of characters from the mirror universe okay. oh,
0: no. yeah that's what i'll be working on uh, everybody who listens to the podcast knows that i love the mirror universe <laughs> um i want to turn back the clock for a second um we met all you guys in vegas of course mm-hmm. um got to try the game out when when we were there you got to share the stage, uh, the big stage with John um, mm-hmm. and talking about the game. What was that experience like for you, and what was the response after, after the big announcement and showing the video and, and, have, and being on stage with John at the Star Trek convention?
2: Yeah, um, well, I think I said it when I was on stage, but it, it was surreal because, you know, I grew up first with the original series yeah. my father had that on every day like in reruns it was like I must have seen every original yep. episode five times at least and then uh, TNG came out when I was a teenager mm-hmm. and of course Q from the very beginning has right. a major role in that so I mean to be on stage with John Delancey and uh, is something that I couldn't have imagined when I was you know, fourteen years old or whatever, watching TNG the first time around. Um, so yeah, being able to do that was was awesome. Yeah, that's uh, great. And I, but you know, it's it's about I think making it, it for me. It like that was fun, but it's more about creating the whole experience that allows people to kind of reconnect with all those stories right. that they've experienced before themselves yeah. um, and just being able to do that with, with, with all that material and all the characters and stuff that we all love I mean that, that's what's awesome about it
3: and the experience of going to the convention itself and interacting with yes. the, the true, you know, the, the hardest core Star Trek fans helped in the product development cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, we debuted the game, or I guess it was it's a four day show, three days, four days, four days. Yeah, yeah. So first day we had a version of the game that we were demoing in our booth. And we were getting feedback on specific Mm -hmm. things that people liked, didn't like, whatever. And they pushed a new build out. The dev team back home in Boston pushed out a new build so that on day two, we were showing an updated, improved version of the game. So it
2: was... It was a a great way to implement agile development and really Mm -hmm. kind of respond in real time to what customers were seeing, put out some adjustments, see if that improved it, and we found actually some ways to improve it while people were there. So, I think being able to to work with the whole fan community around Star Trek through conventions, through our beta program, what had been called our bridge crew program, um, has given us a, a lot of ways to just really kind of improve the product. Mm-hmm. And I think that our principal goal with it all along was that this is a really an authentic Star Trek game, so I think there have been a lot of Star Trek games that sort of take the name and some ships and kind of apply that over some other game design and the challenging thing all along with Star Trek is it's very unique relative to just about every other science fiction uh, brand you can think of in that You know, if you compare it to Star Wars, for example, which I also love, by the way, I love Mm -hmm. Star Wars. But Star Wars, in some ways, is easier to build a game for because it's going to be about starships fighting starships or Jedi fighting Jedi. And and that's pretty much the two principal themes. And implementing combat systems within games is now well-worn territory. Mm -hmm. Like, we can recreate games for that over and over. The complexity of Star Trek, though, is that while... Violence is certainly a feature of Star Trek, and it happens a lot. Uh, It isn't the overriding theme, so you've got diplomacy, science, technology, the exploration of ethical concepts, philosophies, conflicts between philosophies. So being able to to bring that into a game required us to think of some new game systems, mm-hmm. which is how we came up with this idea of collecting and thinking about how you put crews together within a story where you're making decisions about who helps mm-hmm. with what at what stage along the way. Um, and no other game system we really found, like it wasn't going to be an adventure game where people were were kind of standing there on the screen because that sort of works well for those characters fight each other mm-hmm. but for kind of driving story it's not as good so ultimately that's what we came up with and and I think we're just happy with how that came because, because again authenticity is the goal so we wanted to make sure that what we do with this game really reflects the main themes that had always been present within Gene Roddenberry's vision mm-hmm. for the Star Trek universe
1: yeah. You mentioned the agile development a, a few minutes ago and it makes me wonder that, well, since the game obviously has been released, have there been any takeaways from the feedback that have resulted in direct changes recently, or are there any scheduled that that we can expect as a result of...
2: Yeah, so, I mean, in several ways, of course, um, it's always difficult to know, I mean, although the game had been exposed to thousands of people before it launched, it's always difficult to know um, exactly how people are going to interact with it until they're also... Playing the real version of the game—that's really released—that they know is kind of going to be their character now. So certainly, I mean, first of all, we we found plenty of bugs right off that hadn't been detected in beta. We packed, We've shipped four patches already. So mm-hmm. we're kind of around the clock shipping those out. Um, so we're making good progress there. We've certainly gotten feedback on game systems and stuff like that, so we know, for example, that people are looking for a little more interactivity, a little more depth in the Starship battling system, so that's going to be an important part of where we want to go in the future of the game. And, of course, there's things up planned all along that we haven't gotten to the point of rolling out yet, mm-hmm. so more of the social functionality that defines how fleets are going to interact within mm-hmm. the game, both cooperatively and competitively. Mm-hmm. That's something I think you can look Good. forward to seeing from us. So we have a we have, you know, a year plus of things we're gonna be adding to this game. Yeah. So anyone who's playing it now should also be sitting there looking at it as, as a starting point. Because right. we're now like to draw a comparison with Game of Thrones Ascent, the game we have now is three years old and what's what we shipped with and what we have now. Um, Where yeah, I mean it grew in a massive amount over time, and and certainly we expect no different on Star Trek. So we're going to keep adding content. We're going to add features. We're going to be seeing how the community interacts with stuff. It's it's really um, it's a game, but it's also kind of a universe where fans of Star Trek are going to be able to come in there and just sort of relive Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And we want to keep
0: adding to that for the community as well. Um, I guess it's safe to say that Star Trek fans can be a little intense. Opinionated. Opinionated. Anal, (laughs) maybe is a good (laughs) word. Do you think that that has been something that is welcome to your team or is a challenge or is a little (coughs) bit of both in terms of, well... Wesley wouldn't do this or... Well, Wesley wouldn't do anything. what's is a god in this game? Especially when he's got his Starfleet uniform on. He's right there. He can do
3: anything.
0: Has it been... What has it been like for the team knowing that you've got people that are going to look at stuff in Star Trek with a microscope? From my standpoint, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far, but has there been that aspect of if this is done in any way that's not what is expected in the Star Trek universe, we could have a problem.
2: Um, So, I mean, I think we're our own harshest critics. I mean, we're Star Trek fans, Mm -hmm. and and we wanted to create a game that was for fans. So um, that's not to say we are geniuses and we think of everything all the time (laughs) and we don't make mistakes, because we do. Um, We have heard things from people where Mm -hmm. we got something wrong and then we fix it. Nice. Um, You know, I think... You know, just to be totally transparent, what's the what's the biggest thing that comes back? I mean, some people are not comfortable with the way free-to-play games are sold and monetized, which is through kind of collectible content mm-hmm. and stuff as you play. Um, people sometimes don't look at the advantages of that. So all the stuff that I just talked about, about updating a game yeah. regularly, having it have years of lifetime in it, yeah. that's, that's something you can only do with a business model right. in the game that allows you to... Right. Generate revenue mm-hmm. across the course of time, and that works really well on, on in the free to play games market on mobile. If we had made a game for like a fixed fee that you download once, mm-hmm. that would have been fun for a block of time. Right? right, it wouldn't have been social. It wouldn't have been a universe. It would yep. have been something that had ongoing updates. Yep. So there's a trade-off there, and of course. Yeah, and we're not going to please absolutely everybody. Mm-hmm. Star Trek fans are the most demanding fans <laughs> in the world, as I think you're implying. No. And, um, and we're, I think even amongst the people who don't like certain things like that that we did in the game, even they will admit, oh, this is really authentic, though. Like, the characters are there, the crew is there, the, the themes, the art design, the stories we're telling are all, like, authentic Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very gratifying can't please everybody, hopefully people will come to see as we start to update it with the content yep. and features all, over time, then they'll be like, oh, I get it now, like this is going to be, this is my Star Trek life for mm-hmm. the next few years yep. and I can and I can always reconnect with it and there will be something new. Right.
1: Obviously, I mean, game development takes a while from the time mm-hmm. you start the process to the time you deliver you know, the game to players. Has there been any thought or consideration on spin-off Star Trek games, or have you had those conversations with CBS at all? Are they interested in that type of thing?
2: Well, I mean, for us, we're, we're like really focused on this one game, sure, sure. so I'm not sure what you mean by spin-off. But.
1: Well, I mean, there's obviously it's a, it's a universe that is expansive and unlimited. I mean, theoretically, there could be other similar Roddenberry-style Star Trek games in a variety of settings. I didn't know if there was plans for sequels or spin-offs.
2: Well, so our our development model for this game really is to put our efforts into adding updates and content to the game mm-hmm, as opposed to sort of having more of a sequel strategy or okay. different versions of it. Um, because I that would feel like it would start to divide our attention and our ability to add all the best stuff to the one game that we have. And it's not real, and because the game design we came up with is so specific to Star Trek, it also wouldn't work well for other IPs. So you're not going to see Star Trek timelines branded as, you know, rebranded as fill in the blank because uh, the way the the way we (laughs) the way we deal with characters and the the specific types of conflicts and things that people experience are very Star Trek. Esque, not just in sort of what we call things and what things look like, sure. but the actual game design that went into it.
0: I've got a, a future content quen- question, which may be something you can't answer, and if so, just say what Bill always says to me, which is shut up, Dan. <laughs> shut up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> See? So you've got all of these universes colliding. Is there a possibility <laughs> that the JJ verse is going to sometime show up in timelines at some point? Uh, definitely. Well,
2: so we don't we don't talk about future content plans because okay. we'd always want it to be a surprise. Yep. So all I'd say is you can never rule anything out. Cool. That sounds like I can either <laughs> confirm or deny. You should read nothing into what I what I what I <laughs> said. <Yeah>, I said
1: so intense.
0: Okay. Fine. Anything's possible. All it's right. certainly <laughs> not there in the game now. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I have noticed so far and have liked very much is the quick response to some things that we've seen with, with the games. One of the things, two examples. The first example is when playing the beta, the space battle uh, um, adventures were a certain way, and that has completely changed with the launch of the game and, and the way, that, it's, the way that, it, that we do it now. Yeah. Um, was that based on feedback, and my second thing is, is you said you put out four patches. One of the things that I thought was very impressive to me was, um, and I'm going to call out something that, that, was, that looked like a bug, and I, I don't mean to be negative <laughs> in any way, but the first time I saw the wormhole open, it was all polygon. I was like, oh, man, that's going to look awesome once it gets fixed. I think the next day it was <laughs> fixed. So I was very impressed with that turnaround of something like that. But to the first question, um, was it, was it um, reaction during the beta to change that that um, battle scenarios. Uh,
2: yeah. Well. So there's there's several pieces of information that we look at. Yep. Deciding. So one of course is what people are saying about their experience mm-hmm. of it. Another is we look very closely at what people are actually doing because we see what mission we yep. we're able to record what missions people are playing yep. and whether they won or not and what they did to try to beat them. Um, so, you know, we certainly so there were a certain group of people who didn't like the kind of the more turn based nature yeah. of the first version. Um, and we felt there was an opportunity to make it a little bit more visceral mm-hmm. and more real time and feel, which would be additive to it without yeah. s- still without turning it into an action game per mm-hmm. se. Um, the the opportunity there is not just sort of the real timeness of it, it's also that the idea that combination moves yep. and stuff like that by having varying timers yep. could start to get more interesting. So we saw an opportunity to upgrade the gameplay there. Now, some people liked the turn-based system better. Mm-hmm. We, unfortunately, in making these decisions, it's always difficult, right. especially in beta, you're making tough decisions because some people really loved how we did something, and yep. then we change it, and, and they don't love it it quite as much as the way we changed it. Um, What I'd say to those people, though, is that the other thing that we discovered is that as the game got deeper and deeper and people were getting into Starship Battles, uh, we were finding that balancing it with the original turn-based system became very difficult, Mm -hmm. and what that means is it eventually just gets boring, because... if we don't have the ability to balance and keep it interesting and keep you kind of introducing new elements back into the into the gameplay controls, mm-hmm. it's not going to be as interesting. So we we made the, the decision that the game design would change not just on the basis of the interactivity of it, but because we thought that we could have a system that would provide a lot more longevity in the gameplay. Now that said, we still have some things we would like to add back into the starship battle system that will remind people of some of that earlier gameplay so some of the more interesting combination moves for example Mm -hmm. or more more varied abilities for the crew that you assign to your battle stations Uh, things like that are things that we would like to to reintroduce into it but we're good we'll be doing that carefully of course because now it's a live game people are playing it um but, yeah, there's a, there's a lot we want to add back into that system. What we feel, though, is that the newer system relative to what some people experienced in beta is a better foundation for the kinds of things we can now okay. add back in, whereas if we started with the previous foundation, it would be a lot harder to, to make it fun for the long term.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Are you guys going to Vegas this year for the big 50th anniversary convention?
3: so funny. We just met about events this morning. Really? Um, in some way.
1: Yeah, sure. you guys had a, a pretty decent presence yeah. in Vegas yeah. last yeah. year. a big presence, yeah.
3: We're still, well, obviously, um, CBS announced some additional events this year, obviously it being the 50th anniversary. Um, there's a new event in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're sort of evaluating the many events of the 50th anniversary and sort of picking and choosing how, yeah. at what level we participate in each. Yeah. We hope you're there. Yeah, at least something.
1: And if you're if you're going on your own, I hope you bought tickets already. Yes. Because <clears throat> well, she does sell it out. Right? CBS will help us with
2: that. That should be
1: a sponsor. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh well, man, how do we get on that
0: gravy train? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, called the checkbook. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's, <laughs> a, it's a reverse, <laughs> reverse gravy train. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, two two other things that I wanted to bring up um, graphically. I gotta say, guys, you guys hit that out of the park. It is yeah. so gorgeous. The map screen—I just—I zoom in, I zoom out, I just look around. It is done phenomenally. I want Space, to, I want, right? Oh, so great though. It looks so good. The colors and and, uh, and the and warping and the, and the, the spaceship battles are just are just beautiful. And and uh, I want to give a big thumbs up to that. One of the things that I have a question for, and it, it is it's it's for a non-gamer like Bill. Uh, <laughs> or on my wife because she actually asked me as well when she started trying it out there is a short tutorial in the game at the beginning that you use is there some place or are there plans for in the game for the future or is there some place now I know that you do have um, your, your website some of the things in the game might be a little bit of a learning curve for people who aren't familiar with this type of gameplay? Like, for example, how to level up your crew members with the different pieces of, of um, equipment that you get during all these missions. Mm-hmm. Is there a... Or, or another one we talked about a few minutes ago is the faction process. Like, A question that I have, actually, is when I'm doing a mission and then at the end there's dialogue and I have Dukat or, or, or um, Kai Wynn or somebody to choose, is that going to increase my reputation with that particular faction when I'm doing that? Um, and are there plans to have that type of, of informational tutorial in the game at some point? Um, because I think that, uh, and I know at least for a couple of people I've talked to, that's been kind of an area of confusion. Mm-hmm. If you sit and spend time on it like I've been doing, you, you figure it out and I game a lot. But I'm wondering if that's something that is, has come up at any time.
2: Yeah, so certainly we're aware that there are some parts of the game that could use a little bit more in-game tutorial mm-hmm. or, or guidance and and I'd say we're pretty likely to add more stuff like that to the game. The immediate things you can do, though, is on our website, there's a whole guide, yep. so I'd recommend anyone, really anyone playing the game, even if you're an experienced gamer, should just read that, mm-hmm. because you'll see, see kind of the thinking behind the game. And we also have like about a 20-minute video up there from, uh, with Rich Gallup, our executive yep. producer, and they're kind of talking people through how you play the game yep. as well. So both of those you can read. If you're a reader, you can watch a video. If you're more visual... Um, we're both they're, they're great resources and mm-hmm. I think that people who may not necessarily be heavy duty gamers yeah. will find that really helpful and we're
3: continually updating that as yes. we make the change, some of the changes that John's talking about yeah. in the tweaks of the game and and you have your weekly video cast, is that correct? On Fridays, yep. our disruptor stream. Yep. On Fridays. Awesome. Which yep. has been cool. Yeah, and that gives people the opportunity to ask questions live with right. Rich, Arts and Computer, and whoever else is available on that particular day, uh, to help answer questions. And of course we have our forums as well, which mm-hmm. is a great um forum. <laughs> for wow. What's the day word? Day. That was awesome. <laughs> the word, um, that was
0: great. <laughs>
3: And that's, you know, we have an awesome community team that sort of um, keeps an eye on that. And any issues or questions get flagged for customer service. And awesome. so, Yeah. There's multiple ways that if you are stumped in the game, um, you know, that you can find help. Can I have one recommendation? Sure. Oh, boy.
0: When the first got, when the, when the game, when I first installed the game and downloaded the game, and I fired it up and I was so excited, I saw that there was a special that you could buy the Defiant. And I'm like, oh, my God, when I get home, I'm going to do that. And then the sale was done. Can you bring that back, please? Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing Yes, yeah, the offer, because I want the define, it. And I have not found enough uh, schematics to get it yet. So
1: <laughs> okay. I'm going to forever be searching for schematics because I go in like once a day. Like, you know, right after work, I'll get home before I, I got to take the dog out or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, all right. And I set my phone down and I forget where my phone is. So, it's going to take me forever to get away from that Constellation Glass <laughs> I've been playing for five years, and I'm still going to be working on that original show. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm confident that there will be many opportunities. Sure, <laughs> special offers.
1: and Can either confirm or powers. deny.
2: Uh, well, no. I'm more of a confirmation. Like, I mean, who, like it's hard to say exactly what right. the substance of it will be. But certainly, offering right. stuff like that again. I mean, it's not... Uh, you know, we don't want want people to miss out on fun stuff in the game because they miss out on a, on one particular <laughs> offer in the first few hours of playing the game. Right. So, you know, we rotate those things in, we add things in, we want to kind of keep it fresh so that there's sort of
0: opportunities to collect different yep. things in the game at different points in time during your experience. That's another thing that I wanted to point out. One of the things that I like, because we were talking about the choose-your-own-adventure thing over uh, earlier, the fact that you can go back and play the same mission again and play it differently, and get different rewards as a result and stuff. I think that's another very plus because one of those things that the game never stops. It's one of those ones that perpetually can go on as long as you want it to because you have the ability to, if you only had two stars on your first attempt, you can go in with different crew and then try to get that third star and stuff like that. I think it's great. Very, very good. Yeah, there's a lot of replay. Yeah. I get
1: bored with mobile games easily because I find that they're just not engaging enough. And usually my threshold is about seven days. You know, it's like, my wife will say, oh, you should try a criminal case. So I tried a criminal case and I was instantly bored with it. I'm like, okay, great. This is the same thing forever. And I'm two weeks into this so far and I'm still incredibly engaged. And I think that that's a, a pretty good testimonial. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not bored and I'm very entertained and I keep wanting to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. And so I go back and I replay some of the, you know, the various missions and maybe I did get one star. and <laughs> Maybe I need to go back and get more stars. But I think so far I've been, um, I don't want to say surprised because I knew it would be good, but I didn't quite know what to expect and I'm, I'm incredibly excited by it. Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we have, yeah,
1: We have great designers
2: here, I take no credit for it, I just uh, <laughs> was fortunate enough to, to be able to find the right people to work on this. and yeah, Great artists, great designers, writers, engineers all working on this game.
1: Are you pleased with the response so far?
2: It's a couple weeks in. Are you where you thought you'd be? Uh, I mean, it's it's being played by a lot of people. Yeah. And and you know the the stats on it are very good. Like the stats are better than what we had expected. That's awesome. It's good. uh, I think our next our you know our set of challenges going forward are keep adding all this stuff that people want to see in the game because now we have this big audience that's playing it (laughs) every day. So. Um, as much as there's that replay in it, we also want to keep it even added to that so that there's new dimensions to explore within the game. Um, and, you know, keeping it fresh and interesting as people continue to engage with it.
0: Awesome. I'm, I gave a five-star review on iTunes. I'm going to tell you that right <laughs> now. You. So, uh, nice. yeah. Uh, and, and you just said one of the things that I put in my review is it's you, and I think I mentioned this in the video that you guys put out, you want to see what's going to happen next. You're not at the point where you're like, "Okay, I'm going to do this mission, and then I'm not going to worry." You're going to be like, "Oh my god, how far do I have to go to get the next thing?" Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, for people like Bill who may not have a good attention span, huh? uh, <laughs> is that that's it one. keeps you engaged. <laughs> One's yeah. Wondering what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. So um, we look forward to all of the things that are coming down the road with Star Trek timelines and. You mentioned it, but what are the addresses that folks can go to to keep up, if you have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, I know you got them, Um, but the website, uh, all that stuff, where can folks go for that? Yeah, so you
2: can go to Mm disruptorbeam.com, that's our website, and there's a Star Trek section on there and it has the guide and the video that I referred to, and our blog, so you can kind of get regular updates, there's a forum in the same place Mm -hmm. where you can talk to other people who are playing the game. Uh, and then uh, if you're on Facebook, there's a Star Trek Timelines fan page there as well, mm-hmm. which you can go check out.
3: Yep, awesome. You can still sign up for the Bridge Crew to get email notifications on oh, okay. some different updates as well. And um, and then there's our Twitch stream every Friday as well, yes. Friday afternoons.
0: So. Which looks fun. And the Bridge.
3: Yeah. <laughs> really so a- we are all over the interweb.
1: <laughs> it's really a bummer that I have work from home Fridays and can actually work stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Did
1: oh <my laughs> I say that out loud? <laughs> no, I didn't your say boss? that. And your boss does listen to the podcast. So. Uh, actually no, he he he's not my boss anymore. Oh that's right. Okay. I guess. I don't report him. to him.
0: Huh. Okay. <laughs> well, <Sometimes. laughs> well, we appreciate you inviting us into this awesome place to see what's going on, to see all the cool things you have around, to see the people, everybody out there typing away furiously, at bringing us new <laughs> content. So uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to what Timelines is going to bring us down the road. Yeah. Thank, thank you for playing it, and uh, I mean, and thanks for giving us the opportunity to work on something that's awesome. Thank you. It's oh, awesome. All right. Well, Bill, I think you'd agree that that was a great discussion that we had with John Radoff and Alicia Basoli uh, over at Disruptor Beam. It was a lot of fun. They're very excited about the game. They're excited about the potential of what the future holds. And as a player, I can't wait to see what's coming up next.
1: Oh, same here. It was incredibly kind of them to take time out of their day to entertain us for you know an hour or so. And uh, I think that they have... You know, great things happening there now, and there's even better stuff on the horizon, honestly.
0: Lots of stuff. Um, I will say one of the things that they were very generous uh, to do is let us take home some bling to give to our listeners. They were.
1: So we got two of their custom movie-style posters by artist Cat Staggs uh, for Star Trek Timelines. And they gave some of these away themselves around the launch of the game, but they've given us two posters to give away to our listeners. And it's really simple. All you have to do is join the Trek Geeks fleet on Timelines. There will be a post on our Facebook page once this episode is released with details on how to do that. And once you've joined the fleet, leave a comment in the post on our Facebook page with your in-game handle. So for example... Mine is Trek Geek Bill and and Dan's is Trek Geek Dan. When you do both of those things, we'll put you in the random drawing for the two posters we have to give away. So there are people who have joined our fleet prior to this contest and they are all eligible, but you still have to go in and comment on the Facebook post with your in-game handle. Mm -hmm. The contest will end on March 15th, 2016 at 1159 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And for details, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Trek Geeks. Uh, we will announce winners both here on the podcast after that and on Facebook.
0: Awesome. Um, and if you want to see what the actual post looks like, I know that we've posted it on our Trek Geeks page on Facebook. I have posted it on my personal page on Facebook. And you can also find it on Disruptor Beam's website, uh, disruptorbeam.com. It is Awesome.
1: We will, uh, we'll have it in the show notes, too, and it'll be part of the post on the Facebook page again so that you can find it easily. And we'll we'll pin it to the top so people can find it.
0: Nice. Good thinking there, man.
1: Excellent. Well, Dan, hey. you have a, a segment that you wanted to cover, and I'll let you take it from here.
0: Yeah, I got to say I've been talking to my friend Smiley uh, recently, and we are taking over, and we are transporting again back to the Mirror Universe. And you know what that means when that happens, my friend. It is time. For Geek the Stump, Part Three.
1: Oh, son of b-
0: <laughs> i I've actually, I'm at, because it's Valentine's Day, and you're my pal. I've actually made it um, a little easier, maybe, for you. Although I gotta say that you did very well last time.
1: I was waiting for you to say I made it all lovey dovey, lovey dovey.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's just bonk, bonk on the head. I know. Um, I've only got three questions for you today, and a bonus. Well, so.
1: let's let's review the rules real quick. Sure. We'll start first with the official Stump the Geek theme music, which is Miri from Five Year Mission. the rules. Dan has come up apparently with three questions and a bonus. I cannot use any reference material. So no internet, no books, no movies, no nothing. I have to rely on the information stored in my tiny little pea brain to answer the question. Dan has random points values that he's created for his questions today. And it's followed up with a double or nothing bonus. Uh, He gets to decide ultimately what the point values are, and I suspect that uh, he has not written them down ahead of time.
0: (laughs) I have actually, sir. Well, I sit corrected. There is a first time for everything.
1: Well, in which case, uh, Dan, the floor is yours, and I stand ready to be humiliated.
0: You shall, Neil. You got to give yourself a little bit more credit, man. You know, you've been working with me for over a year now. It has to have rubbed off a little bit. You'll do fine. Uh, The drugs are taking effect. Yes. Okay, well question number one bill here we go for one point oh thank you <laughs> yes you're very welcome before the Borg incident in best of both worlds what starship was Riker being offered the captain's chair
1: uh that was the USS Melbourne and that is absolutely correct
0: <laughs> ah yeah. Wow. All right. All right. See, Did I you, told you. I told you. You tossed me a softball to begin I, with. Really, any
1: sorry? Star Trek fan should
0: get that. That's, I would agree with that. That was an easy one. Number two is kind of easy as well. I'm thinking that you should get this one based on our love of the uh, whole uh, storyline. Okay. For 47 points, <laughs> which, is, which is what? Do you know what that is in reference to? It's two things, actually. Actually, three things. <laughs> it's uh, today's episode. Yes. It's the
1: age I turn this year. Yes. And it's also references Larry Nemichek's portal47.net.
0: I'm going to give you 20 bonus points just for doing those three things. Oh, so you got 21 you. points now. Woo! Look at that. All right, here we go. Name the baseball team that Cassidy Yates' brother played for on Cestus 3. Oh man.
1: Um yeah, and it was it was quite a ways away at 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 warp, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Pike City Pioneers.
0: Oh, wow, you pulled that one right out of your uh, <laughs> brain. <clears throat> 47 <laughs> points to Bill, two for two. I, uh, Bill, you now have 68 points already. I'd like to thank the Academy, <laughs> Starfleet Academy. <laughs> this one, if you don't get this one, I will be very disappointed in you. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. No, no pressure at all. This is question three, the final regular question. Okay. For 212,000 points. No reference of it. I just pulled that one right out.
1: <laughs> so you wrote these all down ahead of time, right? I
0: did. I actually have it written down right here, and I just said I'm just going to put in a number, and that's what I typed. Okay. Okay. We've discussed in the past several times that the Corbinite Maneuver is our favorite TOS episode. Oh correct? Boy. Yep. Okay. But... It's not the only episode that mentions Corbomite. What is the other episode that Kirk references Corbomite in?
1: Oh, man. Um... Yeah. It's... I can see it, too. That's the killer thing. It, um... And I'm having a total mind blank on the episode title. He references it in the episode with the Romulans. Where Mark Leonard plays the commander of the Romulan vessel. And I I should I should note this off the top of my head. I am having a a senior moment when it comes to the title of the episode.
0: And Are you referencing, you... um, the Mark, Len- Mark Leonard, is a balance of terror.
1: Yes. Balance of terror. Thank you.
0: Okay. So you're saying balance of terror is the answer. Uh,
1: I don't have any lifelines. I can't phone a friend. I can't <laughs> pull the audience. I, yeah, I can't. Re- I, yes. That's my final answer.
0: Oh, Bill, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. Uh... Oh. let me give you a hint. We're an orbiter on Gamma Hydra 2, right? Gamma Hydra 4, sir. Oh, yes, yes. Slow the time. That would be the deadly years, Bill. Oh,
1: that's right. You were
0: correct in um, that they were, I believe it was Romulans. And, uh, uh, and when he was back to his normal age, he opened up the channel that he knew that they would be able to hear. And he talked about that he was going to detonate the Corbinite device. That's right. Yes. It's one of the
1: few times that the original series references itself.
0: Yes. Yep. And it was a good reference. I always, I always liked that reference.
1: I, I knew there was Romulans involved. I just, I, I blew it. I apologize to all of Trektum, and please let the. I can't believe you missed that. Emails commence. I think that you should apologize to yourself. Wow. And for those <laughs> apologies, please send them to Dan at. No, I'm just kidding.
0: All right. Well, you still have sixty-eight points, Woo-hoo! so you can, uh, you can double or nothing your points now. Um, it's always very important, you know, to make the decision before we start. I'm, you know, it, it's up to you. You want to continue along?
1: When has this ever been an option? Well, you're we're going to continue
0: this... along anyway.
1: Yeah, so. you're going to read this question anyway.
0: All right, you're going to hate this, but you're going to like it at the same time. I hate you. Okay. For bonus question, for for zero points or a whopping one hundred and thirty six points for today's Geek the Stump part three. Yeah. Name me 10 captains of the Enterprise.
1: Spanning all of Star Trek, so including films and animated and TV, various TV series.
0: I would say for the sake of argument, let's do television and movies. Don't worry about animated series. Don't worry about books.
1: Well, I think I wouldn't worry about books anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I assume you were counting all individuals one time. Correct. Okay. So, in that case, um, there's Pike. There's Kirk. Hold on. Oops, sorry. I'm I'm
0: marking as we go because I want to make sure that we get it right. (laughs) All right. Uh,
1: am I allowed to continue now?
0: You may continue. So you got Pike. You got Kirk.
1: There's, um... Spock. Correct. There's Picard. Correct. There's Riker. Correct. There's Jellico. Nicely done. There's Archer. There's T'Pol. There's Trip Tucker.
0: Um... Let me ask you this. Wait, how many is that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine. Could be nine, but I want to make sure that they were actually t- actually held the rank of captain at the time they were in command.
1: Oh, okay. So Malcolm was named captain, but never took command in Twilight. So Malcolm is not on the list, but Trip Tucker is. Okay. So I'm still at nine. Yep. Um, so there is somebody I'm missing. Um, I'm going to say John Harriman from the Enterprise B.
0: Very, very well done, my friend. That is correct. You have named 10. I had a couple of others that would have worked as well. Okay, Um, what were they? Willard Decker. Oh, right. Was captain, uh, when the motion picture was, uh, out. And then Kirk took over. Um. It was never actually seen, but I would have taken Robert April as an answer as well, because we all know that he was a captain of the uh, of the Enterprise. And actually, uh, I believe he's going to uh, be in Axonar.
1: Well, uh, but you so. also withdrew the animated series, so I didn't list April.
0: True. That's right, because he was in that one. Um, and also, your favorite, Captain Rachel Garrett of the Enterprise C. Uh. <laughs> so... Very well done, man. You've got 136 points to spend wherever you would like to spend them.
1: Uh, this reminds me of the old Wheel of Fortune from the 70s before they revamped it and they take people shopping after they weren't around. Do <laughs> you remember that?
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, I do remember. Very nice.
1: Yes, I'd like the mint coat from Van Cleef and Arpels, please.
0: <laughs> for 136 points? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very well done. See, you do, dude, you're two for two on, on Geek the Stump. Very good. You only missed one question. Uh,
1: I can't believe I got that one wrong in hindsight, because I I almost watched The Deadly Years yesterday. So I've been watching uh, the original series on Saturday mornings. My wife goes out to the gym early, and I'm a lazy, fat slob, so I don't. (laughs) And (laughs) so I I put on Netflix, and I I stream random episodes. And uh, I almost clicked on The Deadly Years yesterday, but I actually decided to watch um, Wolf in the
0: Fold. If you had clicked on that— I will bet you that you would have gotten that one right.
1: I would have. That would have been an extra uh, 400,000 points after yeah. I won the bonus.
0: 424. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, but that's okay. Uh, but rest assured, at some point in the future, Geek the Stump and the Mirror Universe will come back again.
1: Oh, fuck me. <laughs> so, Dan, obviously, The Deadly Years was not the very first episode I watched in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. But- It certainly is among the best, and it could have been somebody's first episode. And that takes us right into the details for our Trek 50 project, where that we're running up until September. Why don't you tell us more about it?
0: Nice. Nice segue, man. Yeah, we want everyone out there to be part of our celebration uh, of Star Trek's 50th anniversary. And tell us about the first time that you ever watched Star Trek uh, for our very special Trek 50 project. Uh, All you have to do is leave us a message telling us how you began your trek. Um, that's, that's what's great is the thing that unites us as fans is our love for these stories and these characters. Uh, and everyone's story is unique. Uh, what episode or movie was your first? Uh, was Deadly Years your first? And would you remember a trivia question from it? Uh, not like Bill. Um, <laughs> what made you want to keep watching? Uh, who were you with? And what made it special to you? Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take all your messages and publish them as a special podcast episode uh, for Star Trek's 50th anniversary. And we're going to do that in September. Um, you can call us directly at 508-784-1701 and leave us a voicemail or record a message right on our website uh, and send it to us. Uh, but please, please remember to tell us your name, where you're calling from. And also leave your message to a maximum of three minutes so we can get everybody's message on the podcast. And if you want more information, uh, go ahead on over to our special page, uh, trekgeeks.com slash trek50. And you can get all the details instead of listening to them from my mouth. (laughs)
1: What? I'm sorry. Did you say something? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We'd also like to take a moment to ask those of you who've discovered our podcast through iTunes, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and possibly subscribing to the podcast. That would be a huge help. Uh, We're trying to introduce our podcast to more people. And the best way to do that on iTunes is if it gets subscribed to and rated. So if you could, please take a moment of your time. Give us your honest rating of the podcast, leave us a comment and, um, we'll start reading those on the podcast as, as they come in. So, um, that would be a huge help to us and we'll help other fans discover the show. We'd also like to thank our friends in the band five year mission. We love their music and it is all throughout our podcast. We can't truly thank them enough for letting us use their music each and every show uh, we mentioned earlier this, the Stump the Geek slash Geek the Stump theme was Miri from one of their albums. But all of the music you hear are songs from Five Year Mission, a band that does songs based on all of the original series episodes. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So it please is awesome. head on out to net, get yourself some 5YM, and be happy. Really? That's all we want. We <laughs> want you to be happy.
0: And we want to make Fark happy.
1: Well, you want to make Fark happy. Because
0: he's never really very
1: happy. No,
0: he's always happy. He's He's, always happy. He
1: just has to deal with you.
0: That's true. He's a good dude.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, that puts a wrap on episode number 47. For now, I thank you for listening and downloading. We truly appreciate your spending some time with us, and we hope you all live long and prosper.
0: I got a great idea for this whole Deadly Years mishap of yours. Oh, boy. Let's redo the episode, and we'll call it... The coconut years. Can you imagine that, Jim Kirk? You know, all aged up on up on the screen. Say, we're drinking coffee over gamma coconut two, right? Uh, that's
1: gamma coconut four, sir.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. A
1: little bit of time. Bing bong,
0: bing bong! Happy Valentine's Day, sport. <laughs> sport. <laughs> <laughs> How are
1: you? I'm uh I'm fantastical.
0: Fantastical.
1: Yeah, That's pretty good. Uh, considering I've been up since about four thirty. Yeah. Doggy. No. Um. I we kept space heaters on. Uh To make sure the pipes wouldn't freeze like they did last year. Yep. Yeah down in the uh, furnace room so uh, I would get up every couple of hours to check them and the last time I got up was 4:30 and I just didn't get back to sleep.
0: Okay. Well, you look horrible. Thank you. <laughs> you look fantastical to quote yourself. Are you mocking me? I'm never. I would never mock you.
1: Are you sure cuz you sound like you're mocking
0: Yeah-ing. me. Yeah. Yeah, bird. Yeah. See? <laughs> the C are, The doggies are all uh, Up in my grill here
1: I was doing the Dumb and Dumber version Mock Yeah, C. that's what I was doing <laughs> With the Spanish guy saying C instead oh. of
0: yes <laughs> That's right <laughs> Forgot about that part Yeah, clearly I don't do that very often Oh, so Okay, so speaking of movies Paul wanted me to discuss Voila and that Facebook post,
1: uh, please take it away, Mister Executive Producer. I <laughs> I look forward to this like you wouldn't believe.
0: Nobody's going to really understand. Only a couple people in the world will understand. So, so for the people that haven't seen it, I was cooking dinner last night, and I was um, posting a picture of of me cooking, and then I posted a picture of the final product, and I I prefaced it with "Voila," W A L L A H, and of course, because Bill is a grammar freak, he had to make note that I spelled it incorrectly and put the correct spelling in it. And then one of our listeners, Paul, said, uh, you're going to have to explain that one, or you're going to have to put that in the podcast. So I put a note in there that I would explain why I actually spelled it that way, because there is a very specific reason and you can't make this stuff up. So basically, um, Bill, you know that I used to work at a video store and I worked there for a long, long time back when I was really young. And uh, one of the movies that we always enjoyed playing when we worked the weekend shift, like all day, both days, is we would play the original Superman with Christopher Reeve. Remember that one? Not at all. You don't remember that one at all? No, never heard of him. Okay. Anyway, in one scene of the movie, Lex Luthor is searching his library for a document about a meteorite that fell in Addis Ababa. And as he's up on his ladder reading through his books, he finds the page that he's looking for and he rips it right out of the book, throws it in the air and says, voila. Okay. And Otis played by Ned Beatty is kind of a doofus and he's dancing around the room, trying to catch the page as it's falling. And he does catch it and he starts to read it, but then notices that Miss Tessmacher is waiting for the paper to be delivered to her. So he just kind of looks at her and, and, voila, and hand it to her, and we always thought that was hysterical, and we would always joke about how Otis would spell voila, and so we came up with W-A-L-L-A-H, so that's why I put it there. Only the people that I worked with at the video store would even have any clue as to what that meant, but I decided to put it there anyway, so now everybody knows. Or will they? (laughs) Voila.
1: (laughs) Because I'm just going to cut all this out. I was (laughs) asleep just now. (laughs)
0: So that's what it's all about.